Welcome back to the Martinez Marcelo podcast. Uh, you know, pre Valentine's Day edition. I'm joined here by my co-host Daniel Marcelo. Daniel, any plans for the big day tomorrow? Uh, you know, uh, I already bought a couple. Well, I, not a couple. I took care of buying all of my gifts for my significant other. Unfortunately, because of our class schedules, we won't be spending as much time as we would like together. But I'll still try to make the most of what I have tomorrow. That's what about unfortunate. You? Um, I don't know what I'll be doing tomorrow yet. Um, seeing as how I'm not a girl, I cannot celebrate <laughs> Galentine's Day or whatever it's being called nowadays. So we'll see. Um, but now what we do need to talk about is Kareem Hunt. Yeah, the tra- so we're, we're transitioning <laughs> from Valentine's Day to domestic violence. It's, it's uh, like that sometimes. But yeah, we'll uh, little Kareem Hunt. Uh, I don't. I'm not gonna say him getting signed surprised me. I would it say didn't. how quickly it sort of happened surprised me. Um, my opinion. I honestly think it should maybe wait a little longer because I mean Ray Rice, his his was a little more uh, graphic than what we saw Kareem Hunt do. Yep. But at the same time, he's not back. He's never gonna play in the NFL again. He's past his prime. Colin Kaepernick, you know, that's a whole other bag of worms to open. But do you think this was the right move for the Browns to make? I mean, from an optics standpoint, I don't really think so. Um, you have to consider that he's still on the exempt list, for one. So he can't even yeah. train with the team. Exactly. Um, I mean, I'm guessing they'll cut a deal at some point and just get yeah. him like a three-game suspension. I, honestly, yeah, he's, he's a walking suspension right now. And, you know, you have Nick Chubb, you know, you have – a young core of running backs already in Cleveland, and if, and uh, you know, allegation the domestic violence aside, the guy is one of the better running backs, young running backs in the NFL. And mm. if you if you have him at least for if you have him for ten games, you're still getting probably, you know, a good uh, a good amount of yards. Your guy's one of the fastest running backs in the NFL, and honestly, it, it does make the Browns better if he's playing. I mean, you mentioned Nick Chubb, who had a great rookie season. And then I think, you know, you bring in Kareem Hunt, and the other main guy that you have there is Duke Johnson, who is probably going to see his minutes affected more so than Chubb. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, I mean, Kareem Hunt is one of the elite young talents in the league, putting aside all his personal troubles and everything off the field. So I think this is a potentially good move for Cleveland um, football-wise. I don't know how it's going to play out in terms of their fan base, um, yeah. in terms of just feedback from the NFL audience as a whole, since Cleveland and, is already yeah. you know, seen, seen pretty negatively. And I, I have, I mean, again, the people are going to have their own sort of opinions about what you think about the move. Personally, I would have liked to see, uh, you know, maybe wait a little longer before a team jumped on uh, signing him. But he... He's a he's like I said he's a talented player. From a foot, if you look at this from the football optics, you know it's it could be a steal. You know what you're gonna get out of him, but you know it's it's. I, I would also say the comments the GM made for for Cleveland, saying that he deserves a second chance, which is a little odd to me because you have a guy in Colin Kaepernick who is probably better than. I would say better than Joe Flacco, a guy who just went to Denver, 
this guy doesn't deserve a second chance just because he he, he, sit, he kneels for the anthem or, yeah. you know. And again, I don't, like, with the thing with, with Kaepernick with his socks and he had the pigs and the, the cops on his socks, you know, I that I don't agree with. But again, it's, it's if, whether you agree with it or not, you have the right to do, to say what you want as long as it's not hate speech or anything like that. I think you bring up a good point. And once again, it goes back to the double standards that we see in the NFL more often than not these days. Um, but really, there's little that any of us can do about it yeah. at this point, um, you know, until we get a commissioner change or whatever the case may be. But you touched on Joe Flacco, who was, well, it's not official yet, but supposedly um, there is a deal in principle for him to be traded from the Baltimore Ravens to the Denver Broncos. Your thoughts on this move? I think, again, I, do you know, I have to look up what, uh, I don't know exactly what Baltimore was getting in return. Uh, I think they were getting a fourth round pick. Just just a fourth round pick. I that's... think I think so, which I found kind of weird, but um, that's the only information that I found prior to coming here. All right, well, let's see. Uh, trade cannot be processed until March 13th. Mm. Well, I think... He he's definitely had nowhere to play in in Baltimore. He's thirty four years old. Uh, Lamar Jackson sort of showed you know you can have potential in him being your quarterback for the next five to ten years. But I think this is a good chance for Flacco to I don't say revitalize his career, but again you see Tom Brady he played till he's he's still playing at a high level till he's forty one. Uh, Eli Manning to me if Eli Manning had a, any type of offensive line, he would still be throwing dimes like he was when the Giants made their playoff runs. So I think this is a good opportunity for Joe Flacco to sort of revitalize his career. But again, he is a Super Bowl winning quarterback, so I I don't see any fault with the move. I don't, and I don't think Denver really had a better quarterback anyway. I think you have to look at this move on all three fronts, meaning Baltimore, Denver, and Flacco himself. With Baltimore, um, it was pretty evident headed towards the end of last season that they were all in on Lamar Jackson, which, you know, we saw him struggle a bit and have his ups and downs, but I think that ultimately this is the right move long-term yeah. for Baltimore as a franchise. Then for Denver, you have to look at it. Okay, they get Flacco, who's on a decent contract, I would say. It's not a terrible contract. It's clear that he's aging and potentially on the decline, but I think people are too quick to forget that he was actually having an all right season last year before going down with injuries. And really, it says a lot about Denver failing to draft or acquire through some other means a franchise quarterback yeah. that they're stuck in this situation right now. Um, we'll get into it a bit later, but I thought that Denver prior to this trade would have been a good destination for Kyler Murray. Um, but obviously now with Flacco coming in, I doubt that will happen. Yeah. But, you know, it's like you said, Flacco, um, he wasn't going to get any opportunities in Baltimore anymore. Um, he's only 34, which isn't that terribly old. Yeah. So now he's coming in. He seemingly has, you know, a guaranteed starting spot yeah, from I, what I would guess. I, I am surprised that Baltimore moved him just because, you know, you have a small sample size with him. and But again... He, even if, if Jackson struggles, you know, who is, you know, who are you going to go back to, right? I, same thing that I sort of thought with Kansas City, but I think Mahomes was better than Lamar Jackson was. With Mahomes, they thought they had their guy in him. So they, you know, they cut ties with Alex Smith and they gave Mahomes the reins this season and it worked out for them. So 
I think Flacco, he's still a quality quarterback. You know, I I don't think he's he's done or his career's over. Mm. And I think, you know, this could be potentially the quarterback that John Elway has been trying to find in Denver, at least for the next four to five years, as long as Flacco doesn't run into any more injury issues. But uh, yeah, you talked about Kyler Murray. We found out uh, a couple days ago that he is not <clears throat> pursuing baseball, just wanting to be a quarterback. I got. I I don't think this is the smartest move. But again, I'm not talented at two sports, so again, that would be something I know, I, I have never experienced. I um yeah. I mean, the first thing to touch on really is just mentioning how talented someone has to be. Um, you know, to be such a coveted figure in two sports, yep. both of which are obviously of extreme difficulty at the pro level. Um, I'm not surprised by this move. I think. I think a lot of us saw it coming um, as the end of the college season um, approached and just how Murray kept uh, flying up the NFL mock drafts. You know, I think that he's a top 10, 15 pick right now. Um, Some people even have him going top eight. I think that this is a good move for him financially. Um, I'm not sure. You know, I think it's just a matter of waiting and seeing how um, he pans out in the NFL. Yeah. I do have some worries about him being, you know, too small um, to have what you would call, I guess, like a superstar career. But I think that for now, um, I saw this coming, and it, it should be interesting to see how this plays out. Uh, personally, I, in terms of the the money side of it, I don't like the move for Kyler Murray just because – Yes, he may get, if he's drafted in the first round, which personally I don't think he's a first round draft pick. He's he's already gonna lose money as he falls deeper in the draft. Second of all, he could be a backup infielder for twelve years in the MLB, and he'll probably make more than he will ever make at four years as an average quarterback. And one, he's probably gonna be healthier there. And two, it's you know he just he screwed over Oakland, which. Again, I don't understand why Oakland took that this guy eighth true. in the draft, too. But I don't think he'll go higher in the NFL draft than he did in the MLB draft, which was eighth. I'm just, I struggle to understand how, you know, you draft a guy at number eight. And obviously, when you do that, it represents that this is a guy that you're yeah. investing in for your long term future and that you see him as a key component of your team going forward. Yeah. And then you do that and you still let him go back one more year. Um, to finish, you know, his collegiate career in football, I just find that hard to understand, um, you know, from an organizational standpoint. I, 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 people are saying it's not good for baseball, but, you know, it's, you know, baseball is going to go on whether he came to the Oakland A's or not. And, you know, the, the A's, it's different from football where you're not going to surround your entire team around this player, like, he is a, as a quarterback. He was a second baseman, you know, middle infielder. Mm. And I, the optics of this, you know, he's a small quarterback. Again, Baker Mayfield, small quarterback. But trying to compare Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield, those are two totally different animals coming out of the right. draft. And personally, I think Murray was drafted probably too high in baseball anyway. And... I wouldn't be surprised if he pulls a Tim Tebow and finds out, you know, I, I can't play quarterback in the NFL. Now I got to go play baseball. But, you know, you don't want to find out too late because, you know, not many teams want to pick up a 28-year-old 
second baseman, much like the Mets taking Tebow just because it was more of a publicity stunt than his actual talent on the field. Um, if I'm not mistaken, Oakland still has his rights. Um, you know, if, if his football career fails to pan out or he chooses to, you know, leave that side um, of his life for whatever reason. Uh, I think that right now um, it's hard for me to picture him going back to baseball at any point in time. Yeah. Um, so it seems like he's made his decision. Um, he's made his bed. Now he has to lie in it. If I was Oakland, I would have... So I wouldn't have given him the option either. You're going to sign with us and mm. stick to only baseball once you graduate college, or we're not going to sign you at all. You're not, we're not drafting you. We're not going to give you this option of, of taking you. Because even, I mean, if go, him going and playing two sports would have been tough because at least with sort of Bo Jackson, they were sort of at different times. You know, Oakland and Kansas City, they never had to play at the same time, really, until maybe the beginning of the football season. But again, with Deion Sanders, he played in the same state as his baseball team, you know, the uh, Atlanta Braves and Falcons. So for Murray, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he's drafted in the first round just because of the hype. But to me, he's more of a later round quarterback. So um, we were going to save this till a bit later, but I guess it's a good transition to talk about a little MLB uh, while we still have the time, which I think we still have the time. Yeah, we, we always have time. So let's talk about um, you know the ongoing contract situation. Oh geez, that's a, that's a whole uh, Justin bag of Justin Verlander posted a tweet earlier this week. I want to say yeah, or yeah. yesterday, basically calling the system broken, saying that twenty eight to thirty six years old is essentially you know an athlete's peak in baseball. No, you to, uh, maybe ten years ago that was, but I think Verlander is totally wrong when it comes to that. We're seeing guys starting now who come up at age 21, 22, 23. You're talking about your Acunas, even your Syndergaards when he first came up. You know, you're seeing guys come up at really young ages, and they're already succeeding. Juan Soto, he was he's 19 for the Nationals, already, you know, one of the best players on their team. Again, it's only one year. We'll have to see more. But Bryce Harper, guy's a free agent. Manny Machado, perfect example. These guys were already studs at age 22, 23. I think it's 22 to 32 is really your best 10-year period. And it, you look at the Pujols, the Miguel Cabreras. These guys got long-term contracts, but they were paying for ages 30. They were paying for what these guys did in their 20s, but they were getting the production of what's actually going to happen in their 30s. Now, I want to know, um, there's people saying that partly this is the fault of the Players Association for not foreseeing, you know, how the market would play out or how owners um, would be, you know, yeah. looking at players. Do you think that there's any validity to that? I will say, I, <clears throat> in terms of Players Union, I don't, Tony Clark is a horrible union head for them. Back, uh, you know, this the baseball fans who really know the game in the past – Marvin Miller, uh, he was the leader of the Players Union back, uh, you know, sort of towards the strike in the early in the mid '90s. You know, that was when the union for the MLB it was as strong as any corporate union in the country. So I, I think it's you know that that hurts them a little bit, but I think we've hit the peak of how high players can get paid too. You know, and I don't think it's the year it's the years that's the issue because yes they. They want eight, nine years, but 
like like I said, uh, I don't know if it was the first or the second podcast, but when you have guys here and you sign them for 10 years, that's a marriage. You know, you're not just in a relationship with them. You got to really love this guy and know that they're going to be part of your future and you're going to win championships here and you're not going to get tired of the same antics over and over like the Yankees started to get tired with A-Rod and, uh, when he had his long 10-year contract. But you know, I want I want to see I it's good it's it is a shame that Machado, Harper, Kimbrell, Keuchel, and a lot more guys still aren't signed. I will I will say that's shameful. I think it is it is bad for the game. Personally, for me, I think it's great for the players because now they're starting to get humbled. But in terms of the game and the toll, I think it is bad for the game. All right. Um. Any thoughts on spring training? Spring training. Well, I will like to say, I'll touch on this, Aaron Nola getting a four-year, $45 million extension. To me, that was sort of the Phillies, uh, you know, sort of poking the bear at the Mets, saying, all right, we locked our ace up. What are you doing? Because the Mets and Jacob deGrom have been talking about a contract extension, man, since even last spring training. And deGrom came out yesterday or a couple days ago saying, you know, I, I, I'm not going to talk about this during the season. And a couple days ago, Brody Van Wagenen, the general manager, said he doesn't want to talk about it. And now, mm. yesterday, he was saying, all right, we can talk about this now. So it's interesting. I think the Mets are going to lock him up because, geez, why wouldn't you lock up Jacob DeGrom? But, you know, it's uh, this is definitely his most important task as general manager for Van Wagenen. <clears throat> Let's go on. Uh, actually, there was one more thing I wanted to touch on with the Mets. Oh, no. Um, I will say with the Mets, I'll just touch on this real quick. I love all of the minor league signings they're doing. I like them bringing back Mazzarocco, uh, Rajai Davis. You know, I like those little signings because this Mets team is going to need depth because they are awful at staying healthy for some reason. But I like what Van Wagner's been doing, but it would really put him in the stratosphere of how much Mets fans like him if they can lock up Jacob DeGrom. All right, and uh, going back to something that we forgot to touch on earlier, Bob Costas, everything that's been going on with him, NBC, his ESPN interview. So essentially what happened is that he openly discussed or um, you know, criticized um, just the game of football as a whole in terms of how it relates to concussions and injuries, particularly head injuries, which I think is a perfectly reasonable take. Um, obviously backed by science and by uh, concussion experts, CTE experts and whatnot. But NBC um, clearly was not very happy about his takes. And now, um, you know, they have obviously gone their separate ways. So, Dan, what are your takes on this? I think this is just bad for, this is just a bad look on the NFL in general. Uh, Bob Costas, for anyone who knows anything about sports, whether you've been a basketball, the guy has done it all. The guy is, you know, so many great moments. When you think of Michael Jordan's, first one I have to come is Michael Jordan's shot over Byron Russell mm. in the NBA Finals. You know, it's uh, it's a shame that NFL, the NFL still wants to hide the fact that concussions and CT is a real thing. And, you know, these are guys who are risking their lives just so Roger Goodell can give himself more money. It's a shame to see that they want to try to silence anyone who sticks to the facts and sticks to what science is telling them. I agree. And, um, you know, even looking at it just as a journalism major from that standpoint, it's um, 
sad to see the treatment that some of the press still gets in just in sports reporting in particular. So, you know, I think um, you see him getting picked up by anyone. I, I mean, obviously, he's going to be a hot commodity well, he, in the market. He uh, Over the last few years, he's sort of been bouncing around. He does a lot of stuff for MLB Network, which he is an incredible baseball broadcaster. I think that's really what he's the best at. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it's an, I, I don't want to pin this only on the NFL because it's NBC Sports as well. Yep. This is a bad look for NBC saying that these views of Casas, the opinions are not the opinions of the of uh, of NBC, which is also bad. So it's it just looks like the NBC is trying to kiss up to the NFL, so they can continue to have their Sunday night football games. It is, the year. and um, I mean you have to look at it even just going beyond football. You know, Casas has been such an integral part of their Olympics coverage, um, other sports, like you said. So it's just a big blow to the network. I don't know if, you know, the, the common viewer, so to speak, will be aware of the circumstances or if they'll even care at all. But I think that it's definitely <clears throat> a big deal um, in the world of sports journalism. But yeah, I, Bob Costas is he's one of my favorite broadcasters of all time. I put him up there with the Vin Scully's. The John Miller's, the Gary Cohen of my world, uh, of uh, my favorite broadcasters. He's an MLB Hall of Famer for his broadcasting work. Um, and again, I hope he, this gives him an opportunity to do more baseball because I love turning on MLB Network for just a random you know, Tuesday night and all of a sudden I see the Cardinals playing the Cubs and it's a big game and here we are, Bob Costas and Jim Cott doing the game. I hope I get to see more of that. You know, um, he's he said MLB Network is you know the best of all the major four sports mm. networks. So I hope uh, I hope he spends the rest of his you know he's getting older now, sixty six years old. So I hope he spends the rest of his sort of semi retirement working with MLB Network. All right, this weekend is All Star Weekend in Charlotte. So we have uh, we have the Skills Challenge, the Dunk Contest, the Three Point Contest, the Celebrity Game the Team World versus Team USA game, and then, of course, the All-Star game. So let's talk a little NBA All-Star weekend then. Um, I guess we'll just go in order, kind of, um, of how the weekend's going to play out. So let's talk about the dunk contest and the three-point contest. First, in the dunk contest, Miles Bridges, John Collins, Hamidou Diallo, and Dennis Smith Jr. Who do you have taking this? Uh, I'm, I'm going to try to stay away from my... I, I, I want to try to not say Dennis Smith Jr., but I think it'll be Dennis Smith Jr. I mean, all four of these guys are very athletic. And what I hope the dunk contest can do this year mm-hmm. is I, I, they're still the last contest, right? Yeah. So, and again, you look at the three-point, we'll get to that in a second, the three-point contest. But right now, I'd rather watch a three-point contest than the dunk contest. So this is really a big year for the dunk contest to sort of say, eh, we're still, we're still that headline headline uh, of the night. So, uh, But I go with Dennis Smith Jr. here. I agree. Um, I agree with the whole sentiment about the dunk contest not feeling you know, like the most important event of the night anymore. Um, Dennis Smith, I think he's the most athletic out of all of these guys, but... I'm worried about um, what happened to him last year where he basically went for such a crazy or like acrobatic dunk that he just couldn't get it done. Yeah. Um, so I'm hoping he's learned from that experience. 
I want Hamidou Diallo to win it. Um, you know, local New York kid. Um, you know, he has been known. He was known in high school just for his yeah. absolutely ridiculous dunks. And it's a good chance for him. I think he's the lesser known out of all these guys. Yeah, who who knows? I, I hope Dennis Smith wins this year. So then next year, if everything goes well, you have two Knicks in the slam dunk contest with him and Zion Williamson. But you know, but we're getting too far ahead here. But I, you know, uh, it'll be exciting. I'm hoping Zion um, actually participates in the dunk contest. <laughs> Something that LeBron failed to do when he was younger, yeah. which I think is a big disappointment yeah. still. You look, you look at all those stars, too. Uh, Kobe did it. MJ did it. Dr. J. Um, you know, all those stars have done it before. And I uh, don't mean to go off topic, but Ennis Cantor is now a member of the Portland Trailblazers. I which, just saw that. Well, you know, we could touch on that later, but good for Ennis Cantor. You know, he's going to be on a playoff team, and I always said he's going to be useful coming off the bench for any team anyway. All right, moving forward into the three-point contest where we have Devin Booker, Seth Curry, Steph Curry, Danny Green, Joe Harris, Buddy Heald, Damian Lillard, Chris Middleton, Kemba Walker, and Dirk Nowitzki participating. That is that is a that is a one of the best fields we've it's ever a, I've ever seen for this complete field. Even Dirk, man, geez. For sure. I think the biggest worry with him is just if he'll get around to all the all the balls and well, finish shooting all of them. The, the great thing about <laughs> it, the great thing about it is all he's got to do is run about 15, uh, 10, 15 feet around the around the arc. Um, you know, I don't know who I have winning this. Um, I think it's easier to say who I don't think will win. Um, I don't think Seth Curry or Steph Curry will win. I just have a feeling. Danny Green, I don't think he'll win. Um, I, I can't even. I can't even tell you who's not gonna win. I could look at. You could make a case honestly for all of these guys, and you can't say, "Oh, you're crazy for that." You know, I think. I think I'm gonna go with Devin Booker, who's already been a previous three point last year, didn't champion. He? I don't know if he won it last year yes. or two years ago. Last year he won it. Yeah. So Devin Booker, I'm gonna have him with the two P. I think that he's gonna be. He's one of those guys who gets uh, very competitive. I feel like. And I'm also uh, partial to him just because he was one of my favorite guys coming out of college the year he was drafted. So I'm hoping that he picks up the W. Uh, I would say Steph Curry, Devin Booker to me, even even Seth Curry, just a family of shooters. Um, those are definitely, I think, your top three that everyone's going to say to win. But your dark horses, you know, I would put Dirk in the dark horses. Joe Harris, he's a sharpshooter. Yep. You know, and... You can't even. It's it's hard because all these guys are great shooters, and I think that's you know what the league has created now. Great shooters. I would say honestly, if I had to pick one guy, I think Kemba Walker would probably get the least amount of points out of all these guys. Yeah. Because I think Kemba, a lot of his shooting is sort of off the dribble. When you or because if you look at Devin Booker, a lot of his is off the dribble, but he's a catch and shoot guy. The Curry same way. Danny Green. That's pretty much his whole career. Mm. Joe Harris as well. Um, you know. And then Lillard and Walker are similar, but Dirk Nowitzki is certainly a catch-and-shoot guy. But if I'm going to pick a winner here, I'm going to go I, – I can't bet against Steph Curry, so I'm going to go with him. Fair enough. Uh, I just want to th- say I think Buddy Heald is a dark horse candidate as well. Yes, very – he's, um, he's a sharpshooter too. We will see. All right. Uh, I guess right before we get into the All-Star game, the Team World versus Team USA game, I think that should be a fun little game. I don't know if I'll catch the whole game or not, but I'll definitely try to catch the second half. 
I, I like to watch it when the when the Knicks players are in it. So uh, Kevin, Kevin Knox, Knox shout out to him. I was I was surprised he wasn't in it in general, but again, the USA's got a lot of uh, talented yeah. players. The US has a lot of talented players. Um, I think it's hard to see them winning. As someone who is not from the U.S., I would obviously love to see Team World win, but I'm not sure that's very possible. You, well, I, the the world almost had two All Stars, uh, honestly. They yeah, had the, Ben Simmons and, and who else? Luka Doncic. They Doncic. almost had two All Stars on that team. But uh, is Buddy know, Healed on the Team World? Buddy Healed is. I think he's in his third year, isn't he? Buddy Healed. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh. I, I wish they sort of took these games sort of seriously because, again, this would be a fun game to watch if it was just mm. a regular season game. But uh, Lonzo Ball is injured, so he's replaced by Kevin Knox. So, But uh, Jared Allen, I'd like to see him. I mean, he's not going to do much offensively except for dunking. But, uh, you know, you, you got Jason Tatum, Donovan Mitchell, uh, you know, Ben Simmons, and Doncic. And this sort of goes to the same thing I was saying about the MLB where – these guys are now coming into the NBA, coming into the league at young ages, and they're already dominating. Mm-hmm. Like you look at these guys; these are some of these guys are number one or number two options on their team. Or like in the case of Allen, they're already defensive stoppers. Right. So it's you know it's it contributes to the college coaches, but also the development that they've been going through at the lower levels as well. All right. Um, you want to get right into the All Star game then? Yeah, let's go. Let's uh, what's what's other the skills competition? The let skills me just competition. let me take a look at that real quick. Because then was last year the year Porzingis won it? No, two no, years two ago. Years ago. Last year he busted his yeah. knee. Let me look at the competition. I'll just pick one guy. I think Luka Doncic is gonna win it. Who's in it? Uh, Jason Tatum, Trey Young, Doncic, uh, Conley, Kyle Kuzma, De'Aaron Fox, Nikola Jokic, and Nikola Vucevic. You know, I think De'Aaron, oh, De'Aaron Fox, Fox is going to win it. Um, he's a point guard, so he should get he's the passing quick. aspect. Yeah. In terms of quickness, as you said, I mean, if he gets a head start on you, like, it's yeah. over for you. So I'm I'm, I'm still going to take Luka because he's so, he's so smooth going around, you know, screens. And just his whole play style is really smooth. So I think, uh, I think he'll be the guy. But I think, I think it'll be Fox against... Uh, Doncic in the championship if they break him up that way. Yeah. All right, we'll talk a little all-star game. We'll talk about maybe a little tampering by uh, LeBron James. By LeBron James. Um, you want to just uh, go through the rosters real quick? Yeah, well, uh, let's, let's, let me bring these up to get the official rosters. I almost memorized them from, uh, from, uh, from when I saw it the other day. But, uh, of course, for LeBron's team... You have himself. Uh, I don't. I gotta get the starting lineups here because I wanna. I wanna get the official here. All right. NBA All Star official lineups. But Durant and Curry going one and two. That's, that's sort of no surprise either. Yeah, I mean KD. LeBron picked him first again. Um, two years now. Yeah. So here we go. We got for Team LeBron. We've got obviously himself, KD, Kyrie Irving. The re- reuniting there. Maybe a little. Kumbaya for them, even though they seem they're on good terms now. Kawhi Leonard, James Harden rounds out the first round. Then you have Anthony Davis, uh, Clay Thompson, Ben Simmons, who is now on LeBron's team. Uh, they made a little the trade, trade, him and Westbrook, which uh, tampering, maybe. Uh, then move on to Damian Lillard. Uh, 
LaMarcus Aldridge, Carl Anthony Towns, and Bradley Beal, and then he took his good friend Wayne Wade for the 23rd pick. And then Giannis's team himself, Curry, uh, the process, Joel Embiid, uh, Paul George, and Kemba Walker. Then Chris Middleton, Nikola Jokic, uh, Russell Westbrook, which I want to see uh, how Joel and uh, Westbrook get along with each other. But I think I don't think there's any beef there. I think it's just yeah, sort I think of they'll hash it out. That adrenaline they had after that one game. <clears throat> Blake Griffin, D'Angelo Russell, which I'm glad he made the All Star team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vucevic and Kyle Lowry and Dirk. All right. Um, I guess before we get into the game, do you think that there were any? Uh, NBA players who should have been selected as all-stars who are not on the uh, squad. First one that comes to my mind is Luca. That right. is that's the first one that comes to my mind. I he he's doing things that, you know, no rookie since LeBron has really been doing just with the way he's playing, how he's a number one option already. But you know, other than that, I think I think all these guys are deserved and I like this new vo- voting format as well. Yeah, um, the first one that came to my mind, and I think the one glaring omission, was uh, Tobias Harris for the, I mean, for the Western Conference. Even though the teams aren't divided like that anymore, yeah. I would have had him in there over Clay Thompson. Who, if you look at his numbers, they are still very good. But if you actually go like game by game, or if you just watch, you know, one Warriors game a month, you'll see that his impact on the team hasn't been nearly as significant, and he's been a lot. Uh, streakier than in previous seasons so I would have definitely had Tobias in there but overall I think everyone <clears throat> is a deserving all-star this year and there wasn't anyone you know like scandalous included yeah I mean uh, like I said the, the voting system's been good so I can't I can't complain about that um, I hope I hope they try a little bit more I know yeah I think we saw last year sort of towards the end yeah, towards the fourth yeah. quarter, everyone started trying. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm hoping that Team Giannis, I think, is the one who's going to be taking this very yeah. seriously. They've got Giannis, obviously, who goes hard. Um, he, I think Embiid. He, they kind of have something to prove, too, those young guys that yeah. they've got on their team. And even if you look at, you know, his subs, like Vucevic, who was in his first, first All-Star, All-Star game. And he's probably the guy who most, you know, casual NBA viewers are like, who who is this guy? Or, like, yeah. why is he here? He's been putting up great numbers there. He has. And, uh, and uh, I, I'm rooting for Team Giannis here. I think it just goes back to the whole Team World versus Team USA thing and that Giannis has a lot, or not a lot, but a few more European players than yeah. Team LeBron for me. And I just think that generally they're going to play harder and with more energy. Yeah. I wish I wish they created more of an incentive to play hard. Like, I hate to, you know, sort of take to this level, but... Winning team, a million dollars to the charity of your choice. And losing team, zero dollars if you lose. Mm -hmm. So they actually have something to play for. Because if you just say, all right, a million here, 500,000 here, that's, you know, at least someone's still getting something. You know, make them actually earn what's going on. At least do like a million for this charity and only 10 grand if you're losing team. That's how I like to see them do it. It it should be a fun all-star weekend, though. It tends to be pretty entertaining. So we'll probably... um, touch back on that next week but now as for the news that broke earlier and that you already mentioned Ennis Canner signing with the Portland Trailblazers um, I'm reading here that the Blazers beat out um, several other teams to get Cantor services including the LA Lakers so I think that this is a good move for both parties um, Cantor I think that 
he's not the best defensive player, but he can definitely, that's, you know, that's put, up, nice. put up a double-double every night. So even if he, you know, might be unplayable <clears throat> during certain playoff situations or whatnot, he can still be a contributor down the stretch of the regular season and potentially in some playoff matchups. Yeah, he's, uh, like you say, he's a walking double-double. Uh, he's a great leader. He's a He's a tough guy. You know, he doesn't take much crap from anybody. And, you know, it's it's good because you have Nurkic, you know, he's his starting center. But it worked perfectly when uh, Cantor was in Oklahoma City because Steven Adams, your defensive guy, he'll play a bulk of the minutes. Then Cantor comes in, he'll play his 20, 25 minutes a night, and he'll do it, uh, you know, he'll get you he'll get you 15 points and 10 rebounds like it's nothing. You know, he's a very crafty guy. He's not that athletic, but... I think we saw in New York, he's very loyal to the fans. Um, and I think they'll love him there in Portland because in that, in that city, they love the Trailblazers. It's uh, it's just like Indiana. They love their basketball there. So, you know, I think uh, I think he'll, he'll definitely enjoy it. And this is big for him because he's going into free agency. And maybe he's got a point to prove with his defense. Mm-hmm. Maybe he wants to prove that he's not a he's not a sixth man. He's not a seventh man. That he can start and be a quality. You know, it doesn't have to be Jared Allen, but he can hold his own on defense and not get exposed in the pick and roll like he did with the Knicks. Um, but again, I hope I want to see him in the playoffs. Uh, Portland is obviously going to be in the playoff hunt for the rest of the year, and uh, I I think he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna fare pretty well, especially with Lillard and McCollum. You know, uh, they're good pick and roll guys, so it's gonna be fun to watch with them. All right, one last note of information before we sign off. Um, if I'm not mistaken, there is actually going to be a bill, or they're gonna try to pass a bill in Portland or in Oregon, I guess, to change the name of the team from the Portland Trailblazers really? to the Oregon Trailblazers. I, I did not see this. When when did um, this break? I read this on Twitter about three or four days ago. I want to say. So that is something which I don't think it's going to gain a lot of traction. I don't think people care enough, but it's just a nice little bit of information. Um, let me actually... I, found, I found the Sports Illustrated piece here. Saying that change it to the Oregon Trailblazers. Uh, and it, does, it doesn't make that much of a difference, really. I mean... Yeah, it really doesn't... Um, but you know historically like they said it is more accurate but uh you know i i don't know i just just let it rock man don't even don't (laughs) even change it you know portland's one of the classic teams of the nba too so yeah i would just just, keep it just leave it you know i I like i like miami heat you know new york knicks it fits with them but brooklyn nets sounds nice as well Mm -hmm. so i i don't like the whole statewide thing because if you have two teams in the state what are you going to do Yep. You're going to have the Los Angeles Lakers, Los Angeles Clippers, Los Angeles Kings, which is already the hockey team. You have the Los Angeles Warriors. I don't, I don't like it. Just keep just keep everyone the same. You know, Don't change a name unless you're moving to another city. You know, I don't really like change in general with that type of stuff, so I just let it rock. All right. Um, well, that's all the time we have for this week. So we'll be back next week with more yes. sports talk. Before Daniel. we close... Will Bryce Harper or Manny Machado be signed by the time we get in these seats next week? No. I will say no as well. I will say no. Yes, I'll uh, I'll, I'll I'll take the closeout since I uh, threw that question in there. But again, 
whoever listens, thank you. We appreciate it. Uh, for Wilco, I'm Daniel. Uh, anything to say before we get out of here? Nothing at all. All right. Enjoy your Valentine's Day. <laughs>